Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is November 6th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block. We're going to jump into Hebrews chapter 8. Now in Hebrews chapter 8, it's going to pick up where Hebrews chapter 7 left off. It's going to talk more about Melchizedek and Christ. It's important to note that this book of Hebrews is meant to be one long sermon. And so each chapter just kind of floats right into the next one. And that's important as we study, because we should look at the progression of how Paul is speaking here, or what who we assume to be Paul is speaking here. And so as he's finishing up talking about Melchizedek, and then he goes into talking about the Savior, now he's going to talk a little bit about covenants and covenants that were made in Old Testament times, and what he's now going to refer to as the New Covenant. Now, again, I know I've mentioned this multiple times, but keep in mind who Paul is talking to here. He's talking to the Jewish converts, and it's been a problem among Jewish converts that they're trying to hold too tight to this old law, believing that the old law can save them and missing the point, missing the mark that it's really Jesus Christ that saves. And it was the old law that was supposed to point us to Christ. And we're going to get that. And we're going to hear more about that here in chapter eight. So now in chapter eight, verses six and verse eight, the author makes mention of a better covenant. And then again, of a new covenant. And in these verses, he's actually quoting the book of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 31, it talks about this idea of a new covenant. And really, that's one of the reasons why I personally believe that the book of Hebrews was indeed written by Paul, even though the language is a little bit different. And even though the topics are a little bit different, whoever wrote the book of Hebrews had an extremely proficient knowledge of ancient scripture. They knew those ancient scriptures inside and out, and that would have been Paul. We also know that the book of Hebrews was originally written in the tongue of the Jews, and then it was translated into Greek by Luke. And so that could explain why the language in Hebrews seems a little bit different than the other epistles of Paul. It could be that Paul originally wrote it in the language of the Hebrews, and yet because it was translated by Luke, that, that voice that Paul usually writes with is missing here. But just the incredible knowledge of ancient scripture that we see in the book of Hebrews really leads me to believe that this was indeed written by Paul. And we see that as evidence again here in verses 6 and 8 when he talks about the new covenant and the better covenant. In verse 6, it says, But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, because they continue not, and I regarded them not. So essentially, these scriptures are saying that the original covenant, the old covenant, was the law of Moses, but that Christ, as this high priest and with his excellent ministry, is now going to establish a new or a better covenant with new or better promises involved. Listen to what Dallin A. Jokes teaches about this new covenant. It says, 
This new covenant is frequently mentioned in the scriptures, ancient and modern. Jeremiah prophesied a new covenant with the house of Israel. The New Testament teaches that Christ was the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. The prophet Joseph Smith declared that this covenant was not put in force at the time of Christ's mortal ministry because Israel rejected him. In a revelation given the same month the restored church was organized, the Lord declared, I say unto you that all old covenants I have caused to be done away in this thing, and this is a new and everlasting covenant, even that which was from the beginning. The covenant described in these scriptures, made new by its renewal and confirmation in these latter days, refers to our covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. It incorporates the fullness of the gospel, which President Joseph Fielding Smith described as the sum total of all gospel covenants and obligations. So it would seem that this new covenant is all the covenants, all the obligations, all the ordinances of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. And I love what it says in verse 7, where it teaches us about the need for the new and everlasting covenant. It says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. So because it was not perfect, because it didn't contain everything that was needed, Christ came to establish the new covenant among his people. Elder Holland, in a talk called An High Priest of Good Things to Come, teaches us this about the idea of a new or better covenant. He says, On those days when we have special need of heaven's help, we would do well to remember one of the titles given to the Savior in the epistles to the Hebrew. Speaking of Jesus' more excellent ministry and why he is the mediator of a better covenant filled with better promises, this author, presumably the Apostle Paul, tells us that through his mediation and atonement, Christ became an high priest of good things to come. Every one of us has times when we need to know that things will get better. Moroni spake of it in the Book of Mormon as hope for a better world. For emotional health and spiritual stamina, everyone needs to be able to look forward to some respite, to something pleasant and renewing and hopeful whether that blessing be near at hand or still some distance ahead. It is enough just to know we can get there, that however measured or far away, there is the promise of good things to come. My declaration is that this is precisely what the gospel of Jesus Christ offers us, especially in time of need. There is help. There is happiness. There really is light at the end of the tunnel. It is the light of the world the bright and morning star, the light that is endless that can never be darkened. It is the Son of God himself. In loving praise, far beyond Romeo's reach, we say, what light through yonder window breaks? It is the return of hope, and Jesus is the Son. To any who may be struggling to see that light and find that hope, I say, hold on, keep trying. God loves you. Things will improve. Christ comes to you in his more excellent ministry with a future of better promises. He is your high priest of good things to come. I love what Elder Holland teaches us there about how if the Savior came to bring new promises, new hope, new covenants, then what does the Savior bring 
to you personally? What can he bring to your life as we accept him in, as we embrace him more, as we bring him into our daily lives more? It's my testimony, like it's the testimony of Elder Holland, that Christ, wherever he goes, wherever he's invited, brings hope. He brings light. He brings life. He brings peace and happiness. He desires to make covenants with us so that we can in turn bind ourselves to him and experience more of that hope, that light, that life, that peace, and that happiness. In his great wisdom, in his great understanding, he invites us to make these covenants with him so that he can bless us with all that he has to offer. But that covenant, that hope, that promise doesn't come without stipulations. The Savior invites us to make covenants with him. Listen to what it says in verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. My friends, part of this new covenant that the Savior makes with us, part of this binding and this ordinance is that he gives us laws to follow. He gives us his word to feast upon. But the promise is, is that when we allow that into our lives, when we allow his will to overpower ours, when we allow ourselves to turn our agency over to him, because we desire what he wants for us more than we desire what we want for ourselves, then truly in every way imaginable, he can be our God and we can be his people. And that's when we can experience all that he has to offer. you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.